The conference championship games are here. We want all of our listeners to join us these last few weeks of the NFL season, so we are offering our best deal of the year. For this week only, you can save $150 on our all-access postseason package, making it so you can see all of our exclusive content, NFL plays, and player props. All you need to do is Google Sharp Football, click on the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click on the blue banner up top to get access. Welcome to the Sharp Angles Betting Podcast. I'm Ryan McChrystal. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan underscore McChrystal. And be sure to rate, review, subscribe to the Sharp Angles Podcast feed wherever you are listening to us today. It's championship weekend, so we've got two games to go through today. I've got a little bit shorter pod than usual this week. Obviously, partially that's because of only two games. But once we get down to the end of the season here, I usually like to go a little bit deeper into the props and give out multiple props for each game. But partially limited this week because of the Patrick Mahomes injury. That makes analyzing that game a little bit more difficult. It makes me a little little bit more hesitant to take any props involving the Chiefs offense. I'll I'll get into that a little bit more when we get to that game. But that's the reason why we've got a little bit, a fewer props than I would normally like to give out on this weekend. But I do have multiple props available for the 49ers-Eagles game. So let's get into that one. We've got Eagles favored by two and a half in this game. And I've got three props that I like. Two that I like a little bit more than the third. I'll explain that in a minute. They're all on the Eagles offense, though, and they're kind of all at least tangentially related to the 49ers run defense. So let's start off with one that we've bet in each of the postseason games so far this year involving the 49ers. That's going to be the under on Miles Sanders' longest rush. This number is available at 12 and a half yards. We took this, we took the under for Ezekiel Elliott last week and the under for Kenneth Walker the week before. We won both of those. The longest rush the 49ers have allowed to a running back in the postseason was a 10-yard run by Tony Pollard last week. So they have really been shutting down the run game as expected. You know, we we certainly expected this. They do a great job of creating early contact, limiting that free untouched yard at the line of scrimmage, as we've talked about uh, in previous weeks. I'll just run through the stats again. Including the postseason, the 49ers allowed three or more yards before contact on 19% of carries by running backs. That's the third lowest rate in the league. Averaged out, it's 0.97 yards before contact per attempt. That's also the third lowest rate, so just under a yard before contact. Without that free untouched yard, it it dramatically reduces your ability to pick up these longer runs, especially with some of these running backs that they've faced in the postseason. And An added reason why I've liked these props is that these have not been particularly explosive running backs to begin with so if you don't give these types of runners free untouched yards they're probably not going to break off the the longer runs in in miles sanders case i wanted to look at specifically um when when he's been limited when, when he's faced these types of defenses so he's played seven games in which he's been limited to three or fewer yards before contact on less than 25% of his carries. So in these games when he's going up against these strong defenses. Now, he did go over the 12 and a half yard mark in three of those seven games. So he did break off a longer run in almost half of those games. But if we dig a little bit deeper, only four of his 108 carries in those games went for 13 plus yards. That's 3.7%. That's roughly one out of every 27 carries. So if his rate of picking up 13 more yards against this type of defense 
is one out of every 27 carries. He's not getting 27 carries in this game. There's almost zero chance of that. He's had three games in which he's gone over 20 carries. Those games were against the Jaguars, Cowboys, and Packers. Now, the, the Jaguars have a decent run defense. Game script was in their favor for a big workload in that game. But Dallas and Green Bay, certainly defenses that you want to run. N- none of those defenses are the 49ers, though. You're not going to hand the ball off to Miles Sanders 20-plus times against the 49ers, I would think. Um, in fact, the over-under on his rush attempts is 14 and a half. So the expectation is significantly lower than that. So just the uh, you know, if we're expecting roughly one out of every 27 carries to go for 13 or more yards against this type of a defense with Miles Sanders, and the over-under in his rush attempts is 14 and a half yards, the odds are in our favor here. This this seems pretty obvious. Um He's just, you know, as I said, he's not an explosive running back to begin with. He's, you know, a little more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott is at this point in Elliott's career. Um, but he's not one of the more explosive runners in the league. If you're not giving him this untouched yardage at the line of scrimmage, he's not the type of running back that's going to make you pay at a high rate. So I feel really good about our odds on this one, taking the under on Sanders' longest rush at 12 and a half yards. All right, so the next two props are related. One of them I like a little bit more than the other. I'll get into that one first, and then after I run through both of them, I'll sort of dig a little bit deeper to say why I like one over the other. So the first one, the one that I prefer, is the over on A.J. Brown's receptions. Early in the week, this was available at 4.5. If you got it there, which I did, I was ecstatic about getting it at that number. It's since jumped up. It's now at 5.5, but with plus money. So you're rewarded a little bit for still going after it and i'd still do like it at five and a half but because it opened at four and a half and it's jumped up i would say maybe if you still want to take it at five and a half it's probably worth waiting a little bit because it's certainly not going to jump to six and you know you never know maybe you can find a four and a half out there if you can find a four and a half take it i love it at that number but i'm still willing to take it at five and a half but because it's because it's been at both numbers, I would maybe wait. You know, th- there's really no risk of it going up to six and a half. So you might as well wait to see if it drops again somewhere out there. So prefer it at four and a half. Still like it at five and a half. You know, I think that there. I think the reason why it was available at four and a half, why it might drop again, is there was a little bit of a discount here based on what's happened in the last couple of games. He said three straight games in which he's caught fifty percent or less of his targets. But that's there doesn't seem to be any reason for that. That's kind of an outlier. It had only happened three times in his first 15 games of the year. So in those three games, in those last three games, he's had four, four, and three receptions. So it would have hit the under on either of those numbers. But he had nine, 10, and six targets in those games. So with that type of target share, with that his type of catch rate over the course of a full season we would expect him to hit the over in at least two of those three games based on his expected catch rate over the season. So I think that the output in the last couple of games has been a little bit of a fluke. And I think another added reason why I like it is the 49ers run defense is going to keep Philly more pass focused. Even if the game script starts to lean towards a more run heavy game script for Philly, I I certainly don't think that Philly is going to build a huge lead where they can just, you know, lean heavily into the run game if they are you know they're favored in this game they're you know if we assume that they're playing with a lead in the second half they're gonna they're the game script is gonna skew more run heavy but against a defense like san francisco you can't go too run heavy you can't let them know you're running the ball you've got to mix in the pass a little bit more offense because 
they could very quickly force a couple three and outs if you lean too heavily on the run. So I would expect that them to be a little bit more pass focused than they might against other teams, even if they are playing with a second half lead. So that's a that's another added reason why I like the over here for AJ Brown receptions. And now the second one that I like very much related is the over on Devontae Smith's receptions, which is also available at five and a half. He's actually hit the over on his receptions prop in seven straight games. Now, the caveat is it was available at four and a half for the first, uh, I forgot to write it down, first four or five games of that stretch. It's since been bumped up, but he's hit five or he's hit five plus receptions in he's gone. I'm sorry. He's gone over five receptions down four straight games. So he's, he's had a nice streak here of continuing to put up big numbers. And I think that we should still feel confident about it for very similar reasons that I just referenced with AJ Brown, you know, they're going to have to lean on the pass game, even if the script starts to shift into what would indicate a more run heavy game script. I don't think that they can do that against a defense like San Francisco. They're going to have to keep the passing game heavily involved pretty late into the game. As long as it's, you know, reasonably close, as long as they're not ahead by 17 points or something like that. I think the pass game is going to be a big part of their offense throughout this game. Now, the other angle that I wanted to look at to dig a little bit deeper into this is how they adjust when they're facing this type of defense. And we did this last week with the Cowboys, if you listen to last week's podcast, and it led us to bet the over on CD Lamb's receptions, which proved to be a very easy win. And basically what we did was I wanted to look at in these types of games where they're shut down, when the run game is shut down, how does that affect the passing game? Who benefits from that? What What's their pivot to? When the run game is shut down, what's their extension of the run game in the passing game? So in order to pick out a sample size of games, what I did last week with the Cowboys and what I'm going to do again this week for the Eagles is looking at games where their running backs were hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on at least 50% of their carries. If we do this for the Eagles, we get a six-game sample size. Basically, what this gives us is when the when the run defense is creating havoc up front, the coaching staff is going to adjust. If that's consistently happening, if they're not creating consistent running lanes, the coaches are going to adjust. We looked at the sample size last week with the Cowboys. We saw that their pivot was to Lamb. He saw almost he had almost two receptions more per game in this sample size of when the run defense was shutting them down than he did in all the other Cowboys games. So we bet the over, ended up being a winner. So looking at this sample size with the Eagles, they played six games in which their running backs were hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on at least 50% of those carries. So let's look at Brown and Smith and see how it affects their usage. In in that sample size of six games, the six games in which the run defense was dominating, Brown averaged 6.3 receptions on nine targets per game. Smith, 5.3 receptions on 8.8 targets per game. Almost the same usage, slightly increased reception total for Brown. In the rest of their games, Brown averaged 4.6 receptions per game. Smith averaged 5.4. So comparing those two sample sizes for each receiver, almost no different from Smith. Kind of makes sense. He's used downfield a decent amount. He's not saying if the run game is shut down, it's not leading to a huge increase and opportunities for Smith. For Brown, almost two receptions more per game 
in that six game sample size with a dominant run defense than in the rest of the Eagles game. Really, really similar numbers to what we saw last week to Lamb. Brown is the guy that they pivot to, that they treat as an extension of their run game when they need to. Totally makes sense. Brown, although he is, you know, just like Lamb, he is often used downfield, but they also love just getting the ball in his hands and treating him like a running back almost. He's, you know, he is basically a big running back when they're able to get him the ball and let him just run with it. It, it's, it makes total sense. If the run game is shut down, pepper Brown with some more targets, let him be an extension of your run game, just like the Cowboys do, just like the Cowboys did last week with Lamb. I think we can expect that with Brown. So that's another reason why I still like Brown at five and a half. I, I loved it when Brown's reception prop was available at four and a half because I think that was discounted based on what I think was just a little bit of a fluke in the lower receptions over the past couple of weeks. I'm still liking it at five and a half though, for this reason, he is their receiver who gets that, you know, run game extended opportunities. Smith doesn't really get those. So we're not necessarily getting that type of a boost, but if passing volume ticks up a little bit in this game against a good run defense, I do, I do think it's reasonable because the 49ers are, they're not just a good run defense. They're in the very top tier. So I do think that does have the potential to increase their passing game usage even more. So even though in this particular sample size that we're looking at, it didn't show a huge bump for Smith. We have seen him be more productive later in the season. He is riding a nice seven game streak of hitting the over and very strong possibility that their passing game gets a significant boost in this game because of the 49ers defense. So I love the AJ Brown at four and a half prefer him over Smith at five and a half. But if you want an extra prop in this game, I'm also, I also feel comfortable taking the over on Devante Smith's receptions at five and a half. All right. Now we've got to get into chiefs Bengals, and this is complicated because Patrick Mahomes is obviously dealing with a high ankle sprain. If you've, listen to any news or read anything about the high ankle sprain that he's dealing with right now. Basically, it sounds like there's a 0% chance that he's healthy for this game. He is going to be limited. The ankle is going to be hurting him in this game. And so we have to assume that that is going to limit his mobility. I mean, we know with almost 100% certainty, his mobility will be limited in this game. He's going to be more of a pocket passer how much that affects him throwing in the pocket, how that affects how the Bengals approach him. That's tricky. I don't know that the, I don't know that we can really assess that based on what we saw from him last week because we know he's not going to be hundred percent, but is he going to be as limited as he looked last week? He could barely move last week at all. I, I don't know. Does the rest this week help him? Does some shots that he takes this week help mask the pain and make it a little bit easier for him? maybe but because it's a it's such a maybe i don't really feel comfortable placing any bets so i'm i'm not going to have any bets on the chiefs offense this week i'm just not really comfortable with trying to make any expectations now i did look into some numbers and so i wanted to kind of throw some stuff out there that i did look up in case you are considering some things the first thing i looked up was target breakdown on mahomes from mahomes when he's in the pocket versus out of the pocket does that affect how he spreads the ball around the answer is no. There's almost no change whatsoever. Pretty much everybody in the offense sees the exact same usage, whether Mahomes is in the pocket or out of the pocket. When he's leaving the pocket, it it's not benefiting or hurting anybody. So the fact that we're expecting this to be a game where he's almost exclusively in the pocket, I don't think it changes how targets get spread around whatsoever. Now, 
The other thing that I wanted to look at was the blitz. If Mahomes is purely a pocket passer, it would make sense to try to blitz him a little bit more. That could be an area where the defense could take advantage. Now, I'm hesitant to bet anything based off of this because the Bengals don't really blitz. Only a 22% blitz rate this year. They only had two games with a blitz rate over 33%, and one of those was against Lamar Jackson, who we know from previous year, they, they love to blitz him. That's a very specific game plan. The other one was against Jacoby Brissett. Not exactly sure why they shifted their game plan so dramatically for Jacoby Brissett, but, but they did. So, I mean, maybe that's some evidence that they are willing to do it, but we've seen them face plenty of other quarterbacks this year where they could blitz and they just didn't. Marcus Mariota being the best example. He was blitzed at the highest rate in the league this year. He was a quarterback that most teams wanted to blitz. The Bengals didn't really dial it up at all in that game, though. Even in the first half, they only blitzed on 25% of his dropbacks. Really almost no difference from their season average. So they didn't really adjust against that type of quarterback that they could blitz. So I don't know. I, I think you could certainly justify a high blitz rate against Mahomes if he's strictly a pocket passer and has no mobility. But the Bengals haven't really shown us much of a tendency to shift off their normal game plan on defense as far as blitzing goes but if you are expecting a blitz if i don't know maybe there's some quotes out there that i haven't seen if if for some reason you know you're getting a sense that you think the Bengals are going to dial up the blitz maybe something that you could do is bet on kelsey bet the over in his receptions maybe yardage or something like that he does seem to get a little bit of an added boost from the blitz he sees a 27.9 percent target share against the blitz 23.5% with no blitz. He was really the only player that had a real significant shift one way or the other. So if we're trying to assess Mahomes' injury, how this is going to affect them or how the Bengals are going to approach him differently, that's really the only angle that I could see. Maybe they blitz a lot more and maybe that gives a boost to Kelsey's targets. But as I said, I'm not confident enough in the Bengals actually following through on that game plan to actually bet this. But I just wanted to throw out those numbers just because, you know, I, I think it's worth it's worth analyzing. You know, I did d- dive into these numbers to try to find some sort of angle. I just don't have enough confidence in it. But if you're looking for something on the Chiefs offense, maybe that could be something you anticipate is an increased usage for Kelsey based on an increased Bengals blitz rate. So since I'm not going to take anything with the Chiefs offense, I'm going to give out one prop in this game. So it'll be for the Bengals offense. And I'm going to take the over and Joe Mixon's rushing yards. I don't love this prop. There really weren't any in this game that I absolutely love, but I don't want to leave you hanging with no bets whatsoever. I, all the game, all the props that we talked about for the Eagles offense, I like more than this one. But this is the prop that I like the most in this particular game, and it's just it basically comes down to a little bit of math here, with a little bit of a thinking that there's a little bit of an advantage against a inconsistent Chiefs run defense I'll say not not I was going to say shaky not quite shaky they haven't been bad but inconsistent and I think Mixon is I think it's a pretty good matchup for Mixon as I said the over on his rushing yards is 57 and a half yards the over under on his on his rushing attempts is 14 and a half so take a look at those two numbers it means they're saying that they're expecting him to average 3.9 yards per attempt that's his season average makes sense but the Chiefs' run defense, they're not average. They're they're a little bit below average. So I don't really think it's reasonable to expect Mixon to just churn out his average 3.9 yards per attempt against 
this defense. And digging a little bit deeper into the Chiefs defense, you'll see why. The Chiefs contact running backs at or behind the line of scrimmage on a 30, 37% of their carries. That's the league's third worst rate. Now, you may say, well, they're playing with a lead a lot. They're not stacking the box a lot. That was one of the thoughts I had. So what if we only look at when the game is within one score, when it's a reasonably close game and it doesn't necessarily benefit the Chiefs to back off? Looking at that sample size, when it's a one-score game, the Chiefs are contacting running backs at or behind the line of scrimmage on 37% of their carries, the exact same rate. This seems to just be that this is their baseline. They're not a great defense when it comes to creating havoc in the backfield. So how does this affect Joe Mixon? Why does it matter for him? Mixon averages 1.4 yards per attempt when contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage. That ranks 24th. He has not been good at creating for himself this season. This used to be a strength for him. Even as recently as last year, he ranked 13th in the league by this metric at 1.9 yards per attempt. He was creating for himself in the past, and he just hasn't really done that this year. Now, when he crosses the line of scrimmage without contact, Mixon averages 5.9 yards per attempt. Massive difference. So he's going up against the third worst defense in creating contact at or behind the line of scrimmage. And when he crosses the line of scrimmage, he averages 5.9 yards per attempt. Based on those two numbers, I don't think it's reasonable to expect him to average 3.9 yards per attempt in this matchup. So even if we're expecting a relatively limited usage of, you know, right around 14 yards, 14 carries for him in this game, we should expect better than his season average of yards per attempt. And so we should expect him to hit the over on his 57 and a half yards in this game. Now, Mixon didn't play in the last meeting that 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 lack of data is maybe a factor in why we're getting such like an ordinary line basically right in line with his average but we did see Samaj P Ryan playing that game and you know he's typically less productive than Mixon he had 21 carries for 106 yards he averages 5.1 yards per attempt so his output pretty much matched what we would expect if they're not creating contact at the line of scrimmage even a non-explosive running back like Samaj P Ryan or Joe Mixon this year should be able to have a pretty successful day against them. And in that game, Piran was only contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage on 24% of his carries. That was actually well below the Kansas City's average of 37%. So they struggled a lot to create early contact against Piran. I think we should expect him to struggle against Mixon as well this in this matchup. And as we laid out, you know, when Mixon doesn't have that early contact to fight through, He's been pretty consistent. So I think that we should expect Mixon to have a pretty good day in terms of yards per attempt. So in that case, all we need is a decent workload. In fact, and this is where Mahomes' injury factors in a little bit. With a banged-up Mahomes, the odds of the Chiefs just blowing the Bengals out of the water and eliminating the Bengals' run game, re- really, really low. I'm not going to rule it out because you know he's still patching Mahomes. He can still pick apart a team from the pocket, I think. But the odds of that go down significantly with a banged up Mahomes. So the odds of the game script being set to a point where Mixon's um, usage drops off a cliff, I think is very low. I think expecting him to be right around that 14 attempts is very reasonable. And based on the Chiefs defense, based on his production against this type of defense, I think we should feel very good about him having an effective day running the ball. So I really like, so long as his usage is in that area, like we're expecting around 14 yards, I really like, I'm sorry, 14 attempts. 
I, I really think that he has a good chance to hit the over on his rushing yards. Now, as I said, I don't love it as much as the other props that we laid out earlier in the podcast for the Eagles 49ers game, but this is my favorite prop for Bengals Chiefs. That's it for this week's podcast. Enjoy the championship weekend, and I will get back with you guys next week to talk some Super Bowl. 